0: Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, we'll take one more look at this Raiders' embarrassing loss to the Buffalo Bills before we officially turn the page to the Week 3 opponent, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. That plus a whole lot more comes up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for this Tuesday, September 19th, 2023.
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. the autumn wind is a raider,
0: pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And, and welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. And of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we appreciate you. YouTube page has grown in a major way, and that's because of you. So thank you, Raider Nation, for all the support. We really do appreciate that. We also appreciate my man, Ari. The YouTube page does not grow without Ari. Matter of fact, the YouTube page does not exist. Without YouTube. And I know or without Ari. And I know a lot of people are probably thinking like, yeah, okay, you would have found a way to get it on YouTube. No, no. No, I wasn't. <laughs> it's because of Ari. It's up on YouTube. And there's no joke when it comes to that. So many thanks to Ari. We appreciate him very much each and every day. You can check him out on Twitter at Ari Producers. You want to hit me up on Twitter, you can. At your boy Q254. And you know we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast, voicemail line, always wide open, like some old school TV antennas, 707-654 four six nine three coming up on today's show we have your calls and texts coming up in segment number three and please believe there's a ton of them. I'll try to get as many in as possible. Some are a little bit longer than others, but I'll try to get as much feedback in as possible coming up in segment number three of the show. Segment number two, yesterday, Monday show, we talked about Hunter Renfro and the fact that he was the invisible man. Well, we'll talk about the defense here in segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. We'll do that before we officially turn the page to the next team up on the schedule, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers' Sunday night prime time action at Allegiant Stadium, the season home opener. So all things defense coming up in segment number two of the show. Here in segment number one, we'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels and we'll stick to the offensive side of things when it comes to the silver and black. That's all coming up on today's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast, which is being brought to you by FanDuel. Again, this episode of the Locked On Raiders Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And before we really deep dive into anything silver and black related, if you look at the calendar and you've been rocking with me for a while, you know today is September 19th and today would be my son Kimani's 24th birthday. He was born September 19th 1999. Unfortunately, past away in uh, January 22nd of 2020 uh, to a car accident. So anyone who's been with me here on the Lockdown Raider podcast for a really long time, really rocking with me from the beginning, remembers those real dark days of uh, when the the passing of my oldest son happened again January 22nd, 2020. and. Four days later, his favorite basketball player, Kobe Bryant, died in a helicopter accident. But uh, today is his uh, birthday, and usually each and every year at this time, I always have a Kimani's game, right? And normally, that's around the second, maybe third game of the season. And it was really strange because I thought about doing that this past week when it came to the Buffalo Bills game because it was two days before his birthday, obviously, but something just didn't feel right. When I thought about it, I thought, you know what? It just doesn't feel right that it's a couple days before his birthday, especially maybe because I know how much he loved Las Vegas. Matter of fact, his plan was when he turned 21, he had told his mom, I want to go to Las Vegas. I want to party in Las Vegas for my birthday Uh, because my mom lives in Las Vegas. She's lived in the area for a very long time, so we used to come out here and visit. Uh, Obviously, he used to uh, play AAU basketball games as well, as well as Little Q does or did. Uh, You know, they both played AAU games in Las Vegas, so we would always come and visit my mom, but he loved Las Vegas. As a kid, he loved Las Vegas, so his goal was to be when he turned 21 he was going to spend that weekend or whatever the case may be in Las Vegas. And who knows what a 21-year-old would have done in Las Vegas, right, for the first opportunity to really be legal and have his way in the city, but never made it to his 21st birthday, so he didn't get to have that celebration. But I just thought that something wasn't right about me making Kimani's game, and I do it each and every year, Kimani's game, the Buffalo Bills game. It just, like I said, it just didn't feel right. So uh, I know it's kind of far away. It's weird having his birthday on a Tuesday. It's not really too close to any game. I mean, of course, it was close to the Bills game, but I really wanted to make it more Las Vegas-focused because, again, that was something that was near and dear to his heart. So I'm going to hashtag Kimani's game this upcoming Sunday. I know it's many days away removed from his birthday, but – You know, it's just something that I'm going to do. And I guess since it's my son, I can make the rules. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Uh, Kimani's game will be officially Sunday night, primetime action, Steelers and the Raiders. And the thing about it is the last time that Kimani's game was against the Steelers, it was when the the Raiders played the Steelers in Pittsburgh. That was that card, a Henry Ruggs game where uh, Ruggs had that big, long catch at the end of the game to win that game. And they won it. And then, of course, last year they had it at home against the Arizona Cardinals, and I thought uh, everything was looking good, right? They were up 20-0 at halftime. Well, we know how that ended. So that Kumani's game didn't go very well. The Steelers game went very went went really well, and I believe the the year before went well as well. So we'll see what happens this uh, upcoming week for the Steelers game at Allegiant Stadium, but. You know, always going to show love to uh, to my firstborn. He was my guy. Uh, he, I mean, me, me and that dude. And, and I don't think he knew it. And that's not his fault. That's my own fault. But uh, this dude was my dude. Like, I mean, we, you know, when parents are first-time parents and they get their kids, like they're matching shoes and they match the same clothes and everything. So we always had, like, matching Nikes and matching haircuts and everything. Again, he was a little dude at that time, so I really don't think that he understood how much of my dude he really was. Again, my firstborn, Uh, even though he didn't have my exact name, that was his mother's doing, not mine. But, (laughs) you know, sometimes you got to compromise. But he's still, you know, Kimani Romel Myers, that was his name. Uh, QRM still had my initials, no U behind the Q, so we kept it traditional, and he was my guy. So, uh, unfortunately, like I said, passed away in 2020 uh, to a car accident, and that was right around the Super Bowl time. And, man, 2020 sucked, didn't it? I thought it was going to be a hell of a year, right? Thought that. Uh, Baylor was going to be playing Georgia in, in New Orleans for the uh, for the Sugar Bowl, so I was going to be in New Orleans, which I was for New Year's. That was fantastic. Uh, then I was going to be going to Miami for the Super Bowl, which I was, but it wasn't fantastic because it was a few days after uh, he had passed away, so my heart wasn't really into being there in Miami. And then the draft was going to be in Las Vegas in 2020, and that didn't happen because of the pandemic. So 2020 was a terrible year, but uh, definitely want to take a few minutes, if, if you know, not more, to uh, show that love to my Son on his birthday, what would be his 24th birthday. So, Kimani's game will be officially this upcoming Sunday versus the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at Allegiant Stadium in prime time. So, now I want to get into some sound from head coach Josh Daniels as he met with us at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. And there was only a couple of us, right? It was only like three or four of us Vinny Bonsignor, myself, uh, a couple guys from, uh, from the AP were there in attendance as well. Most people were traveling back from Buffalo. So, since we didn't go on the trip to Buffalo, We basically had an opportunity to to talk to Coach McDaniels, and it wasn't quite one-on-one, but we were able to get multiple questions in. So I got about three or four different questions. Vinny always gets about three or four questions in. So I thought we got some pretty good stuff. So let's focus here on the offense here in segment number one. We'll focus in on the defense in segment number two. So off top on the offensive struggles, we got to start with Josh Jacobs. He had nine carries for negative two yards. He did have some nice uh, yards receiving, but uh, at the end of the day, he's going to butter his bread by the ground game. And he hasn't been able to get off yet in two games. We know he missed all training camp. We know he missed all preseason. And he's just not clicking yet. Doesn't have that explosive burst. I think he's in shape, but he's not in rhythm with his offensive line. And, you know, he's not breaking tackles like he did, uh, you know, last season when he led the league in, in yards after after contact. But he also shouldn't be getting hit four yards Back, You know, once he gets the ball, he shouldn't have a a defender uh, four yards back. So like he did in the very first play of the game when Ed Oliver uh, made Greg Van Roten run right into Josh Jacobs. So here's Josh McDaniels talking about the struggles early on from running back Josh Jacobs.
2: No, I think, I mean, there's no shortcut to it. Um, You know, when you when you're going to run the ball, um, I think a lot of people have to do their jobs well. Um, It's no different than pass protection. You know, in the passing game, I mean, on offense, if you want to have a successful play, you're going to need 11 guys to uh, do what's asked of them or at least do it competitively. Uh, we may not win every matchup, but we got to do it um, certainly better than what we did yesterday, for sure. Um, you know, so it, it's it's not one thing, you know, um, got to block the right people. We got to sustain our blocks. We got to finish. Um, if we have an opportunity with double teams, we got to you know do a good job of moving our double teams and create an entry point. We got to read the runs, you know the way JJ reads them and, and get downhill. The receivers got to block. You know we got to get a body on the linebackers. I mean, you name it, we did it. We didn't. We took a turn, um, not doing it um, nearly well enough. So, um, you know, and that's that's uh, my job, and we'll we'll get it fixed.
0: So the significance of that is more than just the rushing leader not getting off. But also, this Raiders offense has to be balanced. Like, it has to be. There's not an opportunity that Jimmy G is going to be able to throw the ball around the yard 40 times, 50 times, whatever the case may be, and really carry the team on his back. Like, we know that. We knew that going in. This team has to be balanced. The run game is going to set up the passing game. The passing game can set up the running game, vice versa, whatever the case may be. But it has to be a balanced attack. That's the way that Jimmy G is going to win. And he's won a lot in his career. you got to give him that. But if you look at where he's had success, a very good run game and a solid defense. On Sunday, no run game. Defense wasn't solid. So that was a recipe for disaster. But Josh McDaniels talks about how the bad running offense impacts the offense in general. Here he is.
2: I mean, look, every time you hand the ball off, you want it to be second and six or more uh, if it's a first down play. So, um, you know, uh, a team that runs the ball well is averaging four and a half a carry or more. And, um, you know, we obviously – uh, we've had some experience running it well uh, last season, and, and we need to get back to to what we have been uh, been good at in the past. But there's again, there's no shortcut. Every guy, we we all have a job to do. We have a we have a job to do as a coaching staff of putting together the right plan so that we have a chance to be successful. And um, we just got to execute better across the board. Like I said, there's no, you know, you could have six guys do the right thing, and you know the other four or five don't, and it's a problem. So. Um, the burden uh, we we all bear the burden, and uh, you know starts with me, and I got to do a better job of putting us in the right spots, and we got to execute better.
0: So again, if you can't get the run game going then really there's not going to be a whole lot of anything going. I mean, it's just you cannot become one-dimensional in this offense. That's not how it's set up. And, you know, I know there's some teams that can make it, right? Even the Buffalo Bills, they don't have much of a run game, even though they ran for 183 yards against the Raiders on Sunday. They don't traditionally have a very good run game. Normally it's the Josh Allen show by his arm and his legs. So they were able to be balanced. and matter of fact, they were able to be very balanced on Sunday. But for the most part, they're a team that relies on Josh Allen's arm, right? There's other teams across the league that you know are going to throw the ball a whole lot. And then there's some teams that you know are just going to run the ball. The Raiders have to do everything in their power to be balanced. So uh, if they don't, aren't, aren't balanced and don't have that, that run game going for them, then they, they could be in trouble. And clearly they were in trouble on Sunday as they lost 38 to 10. The final soundbite I want you to hear here in segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast, uh, kind of news and notes hearing from head coach Josh McDaniels, is what I talked about in segment number two on Monday's show. That was Hunter Renfro and the fact that he was the invisible man. And I mentioned that I was going to ask Coach McDaniels about his disappointment in Hunter Renfro's lack of involvement in the offense through two weeks. And again, when you ask these questions in a press conference, like people tweet at me when I say, hey, we're meeting with Josh McDaniels right now. I was like, well, ask the dummy to why this is happening. Ask the dummy why this is happening. Like, look, man. Like you got you to gotta ask questions in a respectful way. You also has to have to answer questions that can get better than a yes-no answer. You've got to be able to get, uh, you know, a little bit of detail. That's the goal. You want to get a little detail in the answer. So, again, I phrased it as far as disappointment goes. How disappointing is it that Hunter Renfro hasn't been uh, involved through the game in, uh, in, in two games so far? And with the, with the caveat, and I told him this, I know it's been weird as far as possessions. Right, the Raiders only had six possessions week one against Denver, and only had 13 snaps in the second half against the Buffalo Bills. So I threw that out there. So he knew that I wasn't just trying to come at him like, "Why aren't you getting Hunter involved?" But just again, the disappointment in not having Hunter involved in the offense, as far as you know, targets and, and receptions. Here's Josh Daniels on Hunter Renfro.
2: I mean, I'm you know, I would say I'm disappointed just in our overall ability to be more productive than what we've been. Um, you know, and Hunter again. Hunter's done uh, his job uh, the right way, and a lot of times the passing game, as you know, is a function of us doing the right thing, and also we, you know, the defense gets a vote, you know what I mean? So um, depending on the coverages they choose to play, uh, it may open up some other things, um, or it may give us an opportunity to throw a person like Hunter or the tight ends, whatever the ball, inside. So... Um, you know, there's there were, there's there been some missed opportunities uh, on our part, uh, but I don't think that's a, a function of Hunter. Um, you know, so we just we got to do a lot of things better. You know, uh, he he should have gotten the ball more than he did yesterday. I think there was more opportunities than that, but um, you know, protection has to be good. Uh, reading the coverage has to be good. Blitz pickup. You know, there's a lot of things that will happen before, you know, any receiver or tight end will get the football. So Um, You know, much to improve upon, but I'm not concerned about Hunter.
0: So there you go. You hear head coach Josh McDaniels talking about there were some times that he should have been targeted on Sunday. And that's all I was getting at. And I know that there's some people that want to hang on every single word that's said and wants to try to get uh, cute and try to get, you know, real smart about every situation. And I never said that Hunter Renfro needed to be a starter. I never said that Hunter Renfro needed to have 10 targets, but I think that one target in two games and only one catch for 23 yards is a really terrible way to use a guy that's getting paid $16 million for this season, right? And, look, again, I'm not the coach. I'm not saying what he has to do, where he has to line up. I just know that at one time Hunter Renfro had over 100 catches, with this Raiders team. And so far, through two games, again, weird scenario when it comes to, you know, the, the targets, when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to how many possessions they've had, how many snaps they had in, in the second half of the game against Buffalo. But I think that there's times that Hunter Runfro can get involved, and in. I'm hoping that Jimmy gets him involved uh, moving forward, especially if a guy like Jacoby Myers is out. Now, the one good thing that we did here from Coach McDaniels on Monday was the fact that, uh, that Devontae Adams is fine. Right, he left the game getting evaluated for a concussion, but he said that Devontae was fine, and he said that Jacoby Myers is progressing through the concussion protocol. Hopefully, that means that they'll both be back there on Sunday night for Pittsburgh. I believe Devonte is back. That's good to go, but we'd love to see Jacoby out there. But if he's not, I think Hunter Renfro needs to be involved in the offense. It's just that simple. Again, just my opinion, but I know that the guy had over 100 catches just a couple seasons ago, and he's a capable wide receiver. So you can never have too many weapons. The Raiders have these weapons. They need to get them involved. I think Jimmy G, to make this offense go, needs to be able to spread the ball around, right? It was week one, it was the Jacoby Myers and Devontae show. Week two, it was the Devontae and Josh Jacobs show. He's got to be able to spread the ball around. There's more weapons, and it's less predictable if he does do that. But that's, uh, that's what we got for the offensive side of things as we're taking our final look at the Raiders-Buffalo-Bills game uh, week two, kind of putting a bow on that. Then we'll turn our attention to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in week three coming up tomorrow. Coming up in segment number two, going to talk about the defense. We'll hear some sound bites from head coach Joshua Daniels and how the defense needs to build and learn from what they did or didn't do week two versus the Buffalo Bills. We'll get to that as soon as we tell you about a couple of the sponsors here on the Locked Operators Podcast. And the first one is Jace Medical. And Jace Medical has the Jace case. Wait, what's the Jace case, Q? Well, the Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form and, in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctors created and doctors recommended. Don't get caught unprepared. Everyone, and I mean everyone, should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected, especially if you have little kids in the house. You can't always make a run to the doctor or the ER, and sometimes, let's be honest about the situations, being at the ER takes forever. To get seen, so sometimes you need to be able to have the proper the proper medications or the proper uh, antibiotics for those emergency use. Jace handles everything from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Right now, you can save more than three hundred and sixty dollars by getting these life saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional twenty dollars off by using the promo code Locked On at checkout at Jace Medical. Dot com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Again, J-A-S-E medical.com. Also, want to tell you about FanDuel. And right now, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book, and they got new customers. Every new customer gets $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That simple. A $5 bet will get you in bonus bets for all new customers. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app... Super easy to use. There's a wider range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. There was two Monday night football games. It was great. The Saints picked up their second victory of the season, and the Steelers picked up their first victory of the season. And there was a lot of player prop bets. There was a lot of over-unders that you could have made some money on. So check it out right now, FanDuel.com, slash LockedOn. Use that promo code. Kick off the NFL season the right way. Again, FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL.
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider
0: Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, we want to give a focus on the Raiders' defense. They were not very good at all on Sunday. We know that, right? The very first possession was good. Uh, they, they held the Bills to a three and out, got the ball back, and then Jimmy G got the tip pass and it was intercepted, and uh, it was all downhill after that. But uh, Max Crosby was taken completely out of the game. Uh, there was no pressure from the rest of the guys on the defensive line. The linebackers did a decent job when Divine Diablo and Robert Spillane uh, the corners played off. Jacorian Bennett looked like a rookie. Marcus Peters was just Marcus Peters. Nothing special, right? I mean, it just wasn't a whole lot to home about, uh, you know, I thought Trayvon Merrick did decent at times, especially out there playing with one hand and a club on it. Uh, I do think that there's an opportunity for Isaiah Palomal to get out there and do some things. I really do, especially with Merrick having a club on one hand, but there was a couple times when he made a few good plays and Marcus Epps looked like he was flying around the ball as well. So there's a couple good pieces to that defense, but as a unit, it wasn't very good at all. Uh, so here's a couple sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels as he was asked uh, multiple defensive questions at his press conference on Monday. And the first one I asked, as well, matter of fact, both of these that you're going to hear were questions that I asked. The first one is about Patrick Graham now being in the booth. The majority of his career, he's been on the sideline. What we saw from him last year, he was on the sideline. So uh, watching it on TV on Sunday, noticed that he was in the booth. So I asked head coach Josh McDaniels about the decision to put PG in the booth.
2: Yeah, we, we had a long conversation about that um, in the off season you know and there's there's people that prefer it both way you know you know some people prefer to be down some people prefer to be up pg's been down most of the time of his career um we kind of took a peek at it in the preseason and kind of liked the way he was able to see everything so um i've never called a game from up there um obviously i wouldn't do that now so but i mean i think there's plenty of coordinators in the league that um you know they're up there they they feel like they got a great bird's eye view of what's going on and you can see things more in real time um and have an understanding of what happened or didn't happen so um i think we're you know feel feel decent about where we're headed in that regard and you know um so i think we'll stick with that
0: so there you go uh, something that they tried in the preseason something that they think that they like and they're gonna stick with it so if that's the case, fine. But you know when you start moving coaches around and you start putting them in the booth, taking them to, you know, the field level, you know you start moving guys around and saying maybe you can get a better look at the field, that that's when you know there's a lot of attention on you. That's when you know that there's a lot of focus on your unit. So, uh, the Raiders went and they put a lot of draft capital into the defense. They went in and signed some guys in free agency, of course, nobody with huge names, but they brought in a lot of guys to get that defense turned around. And again, I do think that the defense is going to be better. I know I'm catching a lot of heat for that right now because of their performance that they had on Sunday, and that's okay. You know, again, what I saw in training camp and what I saw in preseason, I saw some attention to detail, and I think for, you know, at least one game against the, the, the Broncos, you saw some of those adjustments. You saw some of what I saw in training camp where they were able to do some good things. Now, they weren't able to do good things against the Buffalo Bills. I'll be the first to admit it, and it was bad. But Patrick Graham's got a lot of weight on his shoulder. He's got to make sure that this defensive unit gets turned around. Also... One of the big elements to that is going to be getting someone to compliment Max Crosby. How many years have we been talking about it? Mad Max is doing everything he can, doesn't have any help. And on Sunday, unfortunately, he really wasn't a factor at all. He had one hit on the quarterback, and that caused the ball to flutter, and Roderick Teamer came around with the interception. But because of a Nate Hobbs uh, you know, penalty, a hands to the face, it got called back. That's two weeks in a row that the Raiders have had turnovers, and they've been called back because of penalties. So, you know, you could do a lot of things right. You could do the majority of things right defensively, but if you don't do it all right, then something's going to happen. Week one, it was a Marcus Peters penalty. Took away that uh, that fumble from Russell Wilson. Divine Diablo recovered. Week two, Roderick Teemer comes up with an interception, returns it about 18 yards down the sideline. That was really good. Called back because Nate Hobbs had a penalty. So the Raiders weren't penalty-plagued on Sunday. That's a positive. but. You know, they didn't come up with the turnovers either, and they had two sacks on the day. So, so far through two games, they have four sacks. You know, Crosby has one, uh, 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 Tillery has one, uh, Robert Spillane has one, and Devon Diablo has one, and no turnovers. So, remember my goal was 40 40 sacks and, and 20 interceptions. Well, they have four sacks and no interceptions, no turnovers at all. They've got to find a way to turn the ball over and look. Unfortunately, they have a team in the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town that just turned the Browns over four times. And two of the times they turned them over, they took it to the house for scores. So the defense coming in is very opportunistic, and they make plays. The Raiders' defense is not there yet. They've got to find a way to be that and make plays. But the Bills, as I mentioned multiple times, did everything they could in their power to make sure that Max Crosby didn't wreck the game. And that's exactly what I asked Coach McDaniels. Okay, how much of a teaching moment was that, that, hey, if Max is taken out like this, you guys, somebody, anybody, somebody has to step up and make some plays. Uh, so here's Josh Daniels talking about that teaching moment for the rest of the defensive line.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, when you designate two people to one person, um, you know, which we've done that plenty of times too, you know. we, I mean, look, that's a compliment to the player, you know, because obviously he's um, a hugely impactful player for us and he's been a great player for a number of years now and a lot of teams do that. You know, and so, um, you know, if the offense chooses to do that, then they obviously are putting more resources into that than maybe running, you know, putting five people in the pattern, et cetera. So we've got to be able to try to take advantage of it somehow, some way, in another way. Um, gives other people opportunities, as you mentioned, uh, because if he, they got two on him, they usually have one on somebody, somebody else or a lot of people. Uh, so, you know, there's opportunities that, that are there that will present themselves. We just need to be able to try to take advantage of it. But um, look, complementary defense is when they do this to try to limit somebody, they're going to give themselves an opportunity to. You know, uh, there could be a weakness somewhere else. And, you know, that's just we got to find it, you know. And when those guys, uh, we have other people that can make plays. And when they do, then um, then maybe some of that other stuff goes away. So, it, it, you know, there's no shortcut to that either. Um, when they do something to, to try to limit a strength of yours, you got to try to find another way to be impactful.
0: And I mean, it's that simple. And that's why Chandler Jones was brought in. Obviously, he hasn't been that guy. He wasn't that guy last year, and he hasn't been on the field this year. Uh, We all know that there's a lot of weird stuff going on, strange stuff, I should say. It's not weird. It's not the right word. Strange stuff that we don't really know about is going on when it comes to Chandler Jones. Tyree Wilson was drafted to be that guy. Uh, he's, He's working on getting there. Week one, he didn't look very good. Week two, he looked better. Still hasn't got home yet. Right. Malcolm Koontz, uh, he had flashes his rookie year, hasn't really developed into that guy. Uh, you know, Bilal Nichols in the middle, you know, he provides a little bit of some, some Jerry Tillery, a little some, some nothing consistently when it comes to being a compliment to Max Crosby, and so it's a copycat league, as Coach McDaniel said, and so guys are going to say, okay, that's what we need to do, and they've been doing that. They've been putting double teams and triple teams on Max Crosby, but the Bills really said, hey, you know what? 98's not getting anywhere close to the quarterback. He is not going to be a factor this game at all. We dare someone else on that defensive line to be a factor, and there was no blitzes called till late in the game. That's when Divine Diablo got home. You don't want to have to always call blitzes to try to get home, because if you don't get home, you're going to get burned. I mean, it's just that simple. That's why a lot of defensive coordinators don't want to call blitzes. And sometimes PG is going to have to entrust the guys on the back end to make plays. The Merricks, the, the Epps, you know, the Peters, the, the Bennetts, the Hobbs, those guys, they're going to have to make plays. The linebackers, right? The linebackers can make plays too. Spillane can intercept the ball. Diablo can intercept the ball. Look, again, we just saw the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they had a uh, Highsmith. Uh, who, who was able to, to to take one to the house off a tip ball interception, and then T.J. Watt with a scoop and score. So it doesn't always have to be a corner or a safety that's making the plays. Anyone on defense could go make plays. You just got to have it in you. So the Raiders, man, they've got their they, they got their work cut out for them, right? They spent a whole week in West Virginia. You thought that they were going to be focused. They were going to be locked in. They spent a time uh, a lot of time building the team, bonding is what they called it, and it just didn't translate. Now, again, clearly the Bills are better than the team we saw week one. I don't think that we know who any of these teams are until three, four weeks are in the book. Just because you don't see anybody in the in the preseason, so this is literally the preseason. But man, that 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 game obviously left a bad taste in the Raiders' mouth. Those players now they're probably going to be like the Bills were. They're going to be hungry to get out uh, on there on Sunday and, and get that taste out of their mouth. But the diff- the problem is they got a tough team in the in the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers coming into the house. Offensively, the Steelers aren't very good. Let's just let's just call a spade a spade. Defensively, they're really good. So. The Raiders can't get reckless with the ball. They can't turn the ball over, uh, you know. If they put it on the ground, the Steelers are going to make it happen, and the offensive line is going to have their work cut out for them because those guys are going to be coming after Jimmy G. Uh, and you know, I think that the run game should get started, needs to get started on Sunday as well, just to give Jimmy G. a little bit of relief. Again, a balanced attack is what you're looking for. But man, defensively, these guys have got to be sound. They've got to be better. They got to continue to grow. Again, I never said that they were going to be a lights out defense. I never expected them to be, you know, the top, a top five defense. But I do expect. to compliment the offense. Sunday, there was nothing going on, offensively or defensively. I mean, I guess they compliment each other because neither one was good, (laughs) right? So I guess there's that they got going for them, but it's got to be a whole lot better moving forward. And, you know, I don't have to tell them that. They know that. Patrick Graham, Mick Lombardi, they'll be meeting with the media a little bit later on this morning around 11, 1130. I have a couple meetings at the radio station, so I won't be there for that, but I'm sure Patrick Graham will be asked a bunch of these questions about the defense. and Whatever he does, we'll bring to the show. On tomorrow as we turn the page and start looking ahead to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But that's what I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Just talking about the defense in general. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts. right have that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. We'll get into that after I tell you about prize picks. And I'm sure you're asking Q, what is prize picks? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's largest. It's the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. That's all. Just the largest. Their easiest and most exciting way to play DFS if it's just you against the numbers. There's no battling thousands of other players, pros, sharks, none of that. It's just you pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and you watch the winnings roll in. Just that simple. And prize picks is, is fun, right? I mean, you can win up to 25 times your money this football season. All you gotta do is select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entries. It's that simple. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types are waiting to make your picks at prize picks. The so number one daily fantasy apps. And the beautiful thing about it is it's so simple to play, you can make your picks and submit them in less than 60 seconds. It's just like that. What you got to do is go to prizepix.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL for our first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use that promo code locked on NFL for our first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team is every day.
0: Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls or text. You that Lockdown Raider podcast. Voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Got a lot of them. Try to get to as many as possible. Let's start things off with Judy calling from Riverside. She's calling to talk about any positives that you could possibly take away from this game with the Buffalo Bills. Here she is, Judy from Riverside.
3: Hey, good morning, Raider Nation. Good morning to you. I love listening to your show every morning. Uh, my name is Judy. I'm from Riverside, California. I'm a longtime Raider fan. I know we've been through so many ups and downs, but um mostly downs, but come on Raider Nation, hang in there. We need, to, we'll be patient, just be patient. We'll get, uh, we'll get our time. Um Keith, I wanted to know if you saw any positive takeaways from this last game that, you know, we can build on and on both defense and offense. Just curious to, to hear what your take on that is.
0: All right. Goodbye. Judy, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Thanks for being a a new booty caller here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. And yeah, I guess if you're looking for positives, well, the first drive was fantastic, right? Quick striking, very, as a matter of fact, as far as where the ball was going. Uh, You know, the only negative play was the first play. Josh Jacobs gets handed the ball, and Greg Van Roten is in his lap as long as with Ed Oliver for a negative four-yard loss. But then, boom, a strike to Josh Jacobs, a strike to Devontae Adams, an end-around or a jet sweep to Trey Tucker, and then, boom, the 16-yard touchdown pass to Devontae Adams. So that was a positive. Um, you know, the first defensive stand, that was positive, three and out, got the ball back, thought that the, the Raiders were going to have an opportunity to go up maybe 14-0 if they had another nice little drive. And instead, the tip ball, They get the interception, and that's a momentum shift, and it felt like they never got any kind of momentum going their way after that, and that really kind of turned the game on its head. I guess that goal line stance was good, but the Raiders weren't able to do anything with it, so it's like they did some good, but they didn't do enough good, right? The goal line stand was great, but they weren't able to do anything, so there's that. Uh, Divine Diablo, Robert Spillane, they've looked pretty good so far. I mean, there's there's some good to look at, Uh, and, and I think the best part of it all, Judy, is that it's only week two. That's it. Week two just got wrapped up. This team is still growing, just like the rest of the league is still growing. I don't believe there's one team in the league, even as good as Miami looks right now, there's not one team in the league that is exactly who they're going to be come the middle of the season, right? Everybody's still growing, including the Raiders. Their offense has a lot still they need to work out, and the defense still. So I think that, you know, the positives, those are the positives that you can take away from it. And then Josh McDaniel saying on Monday that Devontae Adams is okay. That's also another positive. So thanks so much for the call. Appreciate you. Hopefully you uh, don't make that your last call. Uh, Up next, got a text from Donald in Oakland. What's up, Q? It's Donald from Oakland. After Sunday's game versus the Bills, I can say that they came out really predictable on offense, and after the opening scoring drive on both uh, the Jimmy G interceptions, I feel like he could have thrown one of those away. Is it me, or is there no run blocking? Things I took from the defense is there's no stopping the run up front, and for the life of me, I'm not sure why the DNs are pinching inside when you need that outside containment when playing running quarterbacks. It's still early, and I feel like these issues can and will get fixed. It's a blessing in disguise that we're still in first place after Sunday. I feel like if they get it together, start using the speed they have on the field, we could run away with this thing. Appreciate everything you do, Q. Go, Raiders. That's from Donald Nokland. Oakland. And real quick, going back to Judy's call on Riverside, that's a positive what Donald brought up. The Raiders are 1-1, one and one, and they're in first place in the AFC West. They're tied with the Chiefs, but they're Technically, in first place, they have a division win where no other team in the division has a division win. So, you know, 0-2 Broncos, 0-2 Chargers, 1-1 Chiefs, and Raiders. So that's a positive as well. But Donald, getting back to your text, uh, yeah, the run blocking hasn't been good, and the communication and timing with Josh Jacobs is off as well. So there's two things really not to like. That's something that you do learn in training camp and preseason, is how to get on the same page with your offensive line, especially with that right side, having Van Roten there and Illuminor starting things off. It's a little bit different than it was before. So, you know, they've got to get used to that. And remember last year, they struggled to run the ball early as well. It took till about week five or six. So hopefully things get turned Turned around sooner rather than later. They're going to need that run game this week against Pittsburgh. you got to slow down those edge rushers of the Steelers coming after Jimmy G. Uh, As far as the offense being predictable, it did become very predictable because it was only Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs that he was really throwing the ball to. And that's why they've got to spread the ball out. That's why I thought Hunter Renfro should definitely be involved. Um, You know, the DNs on the defensive side of things, nobody did a good job. Right, I mean, yeah, and Max is, is going to do what he does, try to get in uh, into the, to, to wherever he can to get to the quarterback, and that's some of the game plan that I, I heard before the season started that they were going to use him in multiple different ways. It worked against Denver, but it didn't work against Buffalo. Buffalo had the game plan, uh, you know, sealed the deal for him, and the other guys are still trying to figure it out. Koontz, Tyree Wilson, anyone else who's out there are still trying to figure things out, but you're right. Uh, you got to have Kataean. Right? I think they had a pretty good job of doing having contain against uh, Denver. Uh, the contain against Josh Allen really wasn't there. But then again, they didn't really need it. He didn't really run that much because, well, his receivers were always open. That zone defense they were playing was very, very soft on, uh, on Sunday, and that's not a good thing. They've got to be able to make it more difficult on these quarterbacks or so any of these guys. I mean, look, every quarterback in the league is talented, but the levels of talent are different. And if you allow them to have as much space as, as uh, Josh Allen's receivers had on Sunday – all these quarterbacks are going to pick the Raiders apart, including Kenny Pickett. He's coming to town this upcoming Sunday. So, Donald, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Got a call from Raider Ricky in Virginia. He's calling to talk about Josh Jacobs and Jimmy G and how Jimmy G's play is affecting Josh Jacobs as well. Here he is, Raider Ricky in Virginia.
3: Thank you. This is Raider Ricky from Virginia. I appreciate you putting me on the call last week on the podcast. Uh, hopefully the audio is be better this time if you're able to select it. But uh, I want to talk about put a bow on this the M- uh, coming off the Bills game, um, talking about Josh Jacobs not getting going. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, it seems like to me that the linebackers was just automatically coming downhill, uh, like a t- two steps, anticipating the Josh Jacobs. Obviously, everybody's on the game plan for him to uh, not to go off, but uh, to me, that's something I noticed, and to me, that presents the difference between Jimmy G and Derek Carr. Derek Carr, you always had that deep threat, deep shot. And Jimmy G, two-game sample, but we all know that he struggles throwing the long ball. So I just wonder if that's an adjustment that the opposite team's defense has uh, possibly, within two games, is starting to move them linebackers up close to the line of scrimmage and have them start going downhill. But this is something I noticed, a two-game sample. The defense really disappointed. Obviously the line is terrible. Um, I just don't understand why we're not calling any more blitzes. Why are we waiting on calling? I know that could uh, obviously raise some questions as uh, far as more open players or whatever it may be, but if we're not rushing uh, more than four, I mean, we got to get some get some uh, opportunities for our defense to make plays with quarter, hurry the quarterback up in the pocket, but that's something that I was frustrated with. seems like we didn't blitz until the second half again, like we did in Denver. But, uh, took the defensive line out a little bit and let them playmakers on the back end make some plays. But, Q, appreciate it. Enjoy listening to your show, man. Like I said, uh, hopefully we get that first dub, get Steelers this week. Let's go, Raiders.
0: Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate you. And yeah. I mean, Look, Jimmy's going to have to take a few deep shots. Now, he did. One went out of bounds to Trey Tucker. Should have been a pass interference. It was called a pass interference originally. Then they picked up the flag after they called it a, a completion, which I think everybody watching knew there was no way in hell that was a completion. I still don't understand why they picked up the flag. I saw Joshua Daniels tell the referee after that play that was BS, and he didn't use the words BS, so I can appreciate that. But they've got to be able to take a few deep shots. I know there's a couple times that Jimmy looked like he was going to go deep, but he didn't pull the trigger on it. But you can't just – Allow the defense to load up the box because they don't have any, they don't fear you of, of stretching the field. I'm not saying that they've got to be mad bombers. They're not going to be. That's not Jimmy G's game. I never said it was. I always said that he was going to get the ball out of his hands quick, fast, and hurry. It was going to be a lot of underneath stuff. And you see, when you look at the drive charts and the passing charts, most of Jimmy G's stuff was over the middle of the field and a lot near the line of scrimmage. It's never going to be stuff that stretched the, stretched the field, but it's supposed to be uh, the smart play, the smart move, and what they want. It just hasn't, you know, turned into that so far, uh, you know, at least in week two it didn't. Week one it was okay, but still putting up seventeen points, you're not gonna win a lot of a lot of games in the NFL only putting up 17 points as far as the defense like i said uh, a lot of defensive coordinators don't want to call blitzes because they don't want to get burned especially if they don't quite trust the guys on the back end and i think that that's what's up with patrick graham right now he's not 100 sure that the guys on the back end can hold up if he consistently calls blitzes so that's probably one of the reasons why he doesn't do it plus again like i said a lot of guys try to just get home with their front four rely on those guys to get it done and then they have an opportunity to make plays on the back end of that Uh, Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. Got uh, one more text. This is from Cliss out the 805. He said, what's up, Q? Cliss from the 805 in Oxnard, California. I wanted to touch on the game a bit, Raiders and Bills, and talk about my three observations. One, no offense and defensive adjustments were made. And if they were, at least it didn't show. We didn't seem to change anything up on defense or on offense. Our run game stayed the same, flat, with the uh, exception of Tucker's end around. We need to make adjustments in critical key situations to make a difference in the game. Two, no push from our interior defensive linemen. It seemed like we couldn't make Josh Allen uncomfortable after our first drive on D that forced a three and out. At this point, where do we look for help? Practice squad, free agency, a trade. We need key investments on defense if we want to be a balanced competitive team, in my opinion. And three quarterback play wasn't the greatest. Jimmy G had probably his worst performance as starting quarterback in his NFL career. We have to limit the mistakes at QB, and it all starts with him. I'm still rooting for him, and the Raiders, I know we could turn it around. I'll still, I still, w- It will still have to start at home with us against the Steelers. Go Raiders, keep up the good work, Q. Uh, again, that's from Kliss out the 805, and I, I think that you make a lot of good points. I'll say, I mean, look, the tip pass uh, that Jimmy G tried to throw the screen to Amir Abdullah, if he does complete that, and that's why this game is such a game of inches, if he completes that, if he gets it over the defender... Amir Abdullah is still running. Like two days later, he's still running. There was so much green grass in front of him. That would have been a huge play. It's just the defense made a better play, right? And then when Milano went over the back of Josh Jacobs, he literally mossed him. It's not like it was a bad pass. He just mossed him. He just wanted it more than Josh did. And I don't think Jacobs thought he was there at all and he had to be aggressive to go attack the ball. Milano just went and got it. So, I mean, again, you've got to give him a lot of credit. I would love to see their, the Raiders' defense make a play like that, like a linebacker or a DB, just go and be the aggressive guy and go attack the ball and go get it. They don't do that. The Bills did it on Sunday. So uh, I don't think Jimmy G was that bad. He Was he great? No, not at all. But he didn't really have a whole lot he was working with as far as uh, I don't think he had enough time. I mean, there was, there was time where he did step up in the pocket and, and have opportunity to get the ball out of his hands, and he delivered it for the most part, but – There was times, a lot of times throughout the course of the game where he had a lot of pressure in his lap. So there's that. Uh, As far as the interior push from the defensive line, yeah, there was no push from anyone. The defensive line, period. Max didn't get home outside the one time, and of course the play resulted in an interception, but it was called back because of penalty. Uh, the interior didn't get get home. The other edge didn't get home. You know, it took uh, a blitz from from Patrick Graham and Divine Diablo to get home and get a sack. Robert Spillane got Josh Allen once on one that was just behind the line of scrimmage, so that was counted as a sack. So, not a whole lot at all uh, as far as adjustments go. You know. <laughs> I I can't call that one, right? I mean, I don't think that there was a whole lot of adjustments made, uh, and and the game just kind of got away from the Raiders real fast. You look up, they only had 13 snaps in the second half. 13 snaps on offense, they were on the field defensively for the majority of the game. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, again, not a whole lot to like about that game at all. We'll get greedy and we'll get one more call and we close things out with Mario in Tucson. He's called to talk about the game in general. Also speaks on Hunter Renfro, what's going on with him so far through two games. He's got a few subjects he wants to talk about. Here he is, Mario in Tucson.
1: You Raider Nation. This is Mario in Tucson. I know it's been a long time since I've called, but you know what? I guess this is as good a time as any. So, uh, the way I look at it is, I'm just going to say first that that game was a pile of crap. You know what, nothing to learn from it, nothing to see here. There were failures on the offense. There were failures on the defense. There were failures on the special teams. There were also failures on coaching. But I'm not going to pick and choose and stuff. I just said it. it was just a total team failure. But I will say this, um, you know, as far as Renfro getting, you know, one, two targets and one catch, Something has to be done there. Either they need to figure out a trade to get, you know, maybe some some picks or something, or they need to really stress getting him the ball because we've seen him get the ball and he can do things with it. Second, why in the heck was Devontae Adams in that game when it was already basically decided where he could get injured? No reason for that guy to even be in there. That was silly to have that dude in there, man. Come on. He's like – our best player, period. I, I would say him and Max, I guess, are, you know, one and one A. But let's just say that he shouldn't have been in the game. And then, you know, thirdly, I'd love to just, you know, sit here and just rattle about talking about other things, but I'm just going to say what's on my mind. Um, it looked like the Raiders played with no defense whatsoever, none. No defense, they didn't stand up, they didn't bow their necks, they didn't do anything. They basically laid down and, and, and got their butt kicked. But I just think that it's something that we need to see. Is this a team that we're rooting for? Because I, I, I don't – hell no, man. That's not how this is supposed to go. We're supposed to be Raiders, man. Go out there and get the job done. Well, we didn't do that yesterday. So I'm thinking from now on, this team – needs to start playing with some heart. Go out there and lay it on the line, man. What are we doing here? I don't give a damn if it's the second game. You go out there and you go kick some ass. That's what you're supposed to do. This is ridiculous to sit here and watch this kind of stuff all the time. I don't care if the Patriots front office showed up there. I don't care about none of that. All I care is about our guys being Raiders, going out there, laying it on the line, and winning games. Or at least competing. That's all I got to say. Everybody have a good day. Peace.
0: Thank you, Mario, for the call. I appreciate you. And actually, Mario called back with another one, but that would have been about a five-minute call. And clearly, as you could tell, we're already over time here, so don't have time to get both calls in. But I can hear your frustration. I understand where you're going. Uh, it was disappointing showing for the Raiders. They had an opportunity to show that they could be a team or they should be a team that people are talking about as far as, hey, watch out for them. They could be a good team. But with that opportunity it gets a really good team they blew it right again uh, i don't i don't care about close losses right i mean that's cool to compete and 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 make it close i thought the game was going to be close and thought the raiders were going to have a chance to steal it at the end but it never was that right i mean it was close when it was 0-0 and it was close when it was 7-7 and that was the last time then it was over right and so it just it just never got to the way that it should be so Uh, They missed that opportunity, and they have a stingy defense coming to town in the Pittsburgh Steelers. The offense of the Steelers isn't very good as far as I'm concerned. Kenny Pickett is not that much better. I know George Pickens, the wide receiver is really good. But outside of that, Najee Harris, I respect him as a running back, but he hasn't been that impressive either. I don't really trip off the offense too much for Pittsburgh, but that defense, man, they just turned the Browns over four times and scored two touchdowns on defense. So the Raiders got their work cut out for them. They've got to prepare. They've got to throw this film away. Watch it. And, you know, observe it, understand what you did wrong, learn from it, then throw it away and, and never look back at it and just keep it pushing and get ready for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So thanks, Mario, for that call. I do appreciate you. It's good to hear from you. And that's all I got time for. Matter of fact, a little bit uh, more than I really had time for, but try to get in as much as possible on today's show. Again, uh, appreciate everyone with the feedback uh, on the on, the, on, the, on the Locked On Raiders podcast voicemail line at 707 654 four six nine three again before we wrap up the show want to give a big happy birthday to my son kimani he would have been 24 years old today I'll definitely dedicate this show and all the shows this week and of course the game on sunday to him uh shout out to him always love him no doubt about it uh, prayers to his, you know his mom and everything i know she's going through it on this day and really this whole month she's going through it so prayers up to her and the rest of the family and you know, we're going to keep trucking along as we do because that's what we do do. So there you go, Raider Nation, until tomorrow, we'll have more calls and texts. We'll have more news and notes. And Patrick Graham and Mick Lombardi both talked to the media today. So if they have anything good to say, we'll bring that to the show as well as we turn the page to uh, week three and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.